three, two, one, lift off. We have ignition. Welcome back, everyone, to our podcast about the Rockets and Celtics, and more broadly, the NBA, the Irish astronaut. Cue the intro music. Okay, this week we are joined by, of course, my co-host, Murtaza, and also a special guest, Michael Wu. Michael, introduce yourself. My name is Michael, and uh, I'm a huge Rockets fan. I've been a Rockets fan for about eight years, and uh, I would like to think I know a lot about the NBA. Michael is also known as Tommy Simp, which is how we'll be addressing him (laughs) for this entire episode. Hey. Tommy. Okay, so this week we're introducing a new special segment called Shot Clock, in which our special guest has 24 seconds to name as many members of an NBA team as possible. So, Michael, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Your team is the San Antonio Spurs. 24 seconds starting now. DeMar DeRozan. Lonnie Walker, the fourth, or the third. Uh, DeJounte Murray. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, yeah. Rudy Gay. That's uh, uh, time. Okay, he got their starting lineup. That's that, decent. That was not That's good. Bad. Congratulations to Michael for a score of five. Yo, I'm not gonna cap, but the Spurs are so irrelevant. Oh my. Hey. I'm, I'm you gotta give this person props, man. For 20 years. They're in the bubble. They're in the bubble. Yeah. But I mean, like, okay. they're just like not. Moving on, we're gonna start off the discussion today by looking at last night, the Rockets versus Lakers. Murtaza, give us your first thoughts. Well, I don't think there's too much to take out from the game, considering that LeBron and Russ were both out for. Lakers and Rockets respectively but I think rather than focusing on the Rockets I think this game clearly proved that the Lakers are not the team that we all thought them to be because without LeBron especially on the offensive end they looked terrible they couldn't make any shots Uh, they think they were only hit two shot two three-pointers out of 19 attempts and Without LeBron, they don't really have a facilitator, especially with Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo out. They don't have anyone to take care of the ball. And you would think that in this game where Anthony Davis is facing a small Houston Rockets team, that he would be able to dominate. But actually, he only put up eight shots. And although he had a decent game, it wasn't the type of performance you would expect from him. So the Rockets played well. They were hitting their three-pointers at exceptional rate. Ben McLemore is proving himself day in and day out to be another key member in this Houston Rockets team. But if you're a Lakers fan, I you should be worried about how far your team can make it into the playoffs, especially if LeBron picks up some sort of injury. Michael, what are your takeaways from last night? Yeah, I, I have to agree with Murtaz. It just showed the lack of a, facil- a real facilitator on the Lakers team when LeBron's not there. Um, and especially their struggling offense as well. Um, they haven't, the Lakers haven't really had any good offensive games besides, uh, I think the first one with the Clippers were bad, but then 
after that, the Lakers have just been really struggling um, on both ends of the floor. And also last night, it showed how, um, I guess the idea that just threes are greater than twos, right? So mm-hmm. the Rockets just, you know, keep shooting threes and they make, you know, even 33% of them, they're most likely going to score more points than the Lakers. And Michael brought up a very good point with the three greater than two. I think this bubble is proving that Daryl Morey's philosophy does have some merit. Because when Robert Covington was traded uh, a couple of months ago, I think the whole NBA community was kind of outraged at Daryl Morey for trading such an integral part of the team in Clint Capella. But the more that this team kind of gels together with Robert Covington, he's becoming a crucial aspect um, in what the Rockets are doing. And I'd also like to shout out Jeff Green because he was a late, very, very late addition to this Houston Rockets team. He's proving himself to be one of the most important parts of the Rockets because of his ability to be a little bit taller on the defensive side of the ball. He's able to defend a lot of the taller players, such as Anthony Davis, or um, in the previous game, he was guarding Giannis when he came off the bench. But also on the offensive end, he's almost like a taller P.J. Tucker, where he's just sitting in the corner and just making three-pointers consistently. Right. And maybe like a better P.J. Tucker because he can, you know, shoot on the wings and on the... At the top yeah, of the he's team. a little bit more versatile. More, yeah, more versatile. But I th- I still think uh, just all, like, the glue guys on our team, such as, like, Robert Covington, uh, Jeff Green, and P.J. Tucker are all really, really crucial. Mm-hmm. So for Sunday, as the Rockets match up against the Kings, they're hoping to have Russell Westbrook back in the rotation, and they're also hoping that Eric Gordon will recover in time for some of the seeding right. games. So as the Rockets, uh, as the Rockets' rotation broadens out, at least with those two new players entering the rotation, what changes do you think they should make against the Kings? Well, I'm just gonna hope that when Eric Gordon comes back, that he's not going to take too many minutes away from Ben Daniel McLemore uh, yeah, and, Dan- and Daniel yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because my Big concern and... with Mike D'Antoni is that Eric Gordon's going to come back and he's going to be starting over Daniel House, which is not what should be happening. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he most likely will start over Daniel House when he comes and that back. That shouldn't but... happen because Daniel House is falling right now. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's, playing out of his mind on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. So, and you also need a taller player in that starting lineup. Eric Gordon can kind of act like a Lou Williams for the Houston Rockets, where he can come off the bench, facilitate the bench unit, and score a lot of points. And he's a very good defender, a very underrated defender too. But you need that kind of production on the, on the, um, on the bench rather than in the starting lineup where you already have James Harden and Russell Westbrook taking control of the ball. Yeah, so I agree. I just hope that Eric Gordon comes off the bench as a sixth man, as he has been in previous seasons. And I also hope that he finally regained his shooting stroke because if the Rockets have any chance of winning the championship this year, Eric Gordon has to be the Eric Gordon of 2017 and 2018, not the one we've seen this season. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think I'm that. I'm just gonna say that. Go ahead, Michael. Oh, I th- I was just gonna say I think that Ben McLemore and uh, Daniel House are playing absolutely brilliant recently. Um, their three point percentage is like really really high uh, in the in the past like few bubble games, 
And I think that like if Eric Gordon comes in the rotation and maybe takes away some minutes, people are going to have to like, like we might have to re, I guess, uh, just like kind of re-gel our starting lineup and kind of change the mm -hmm. way, you know, we've been playing, which I think is, uh, isn't that good because we've been playing really, really good. I'm just going to say, I think a great parallel for Eric Gordon right now is the way Danny Green is playing for the Lakers. Yeah, I It's been a huge disappointment yeah. uh, despite his solid performance earlier in the year. So I think um, the Lakers need to consider making some changes as well in parallel with what the Rockets should do about yeah. Eric Gordon. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we, we still can't say anything about you know Eric Gordon. We've never actually seen him in a real bubble game, um, mm -hmm. just like the scrimmages, but I think it's, I guess like we have to see how he plays before we can make any, I guess, mm -hmm. you know. And I don't know about you, Michael, but over the years, it's like Eric Gordon is the most frustrating player to watch on yeah, this Rockets team. Because when he's on, he's just yeah, like exactly. a flamethrower. He's, he's just exactly. like shooting the three ball like at an incredible rate. But when he's off, he does all of these terrible mistakes, turnovers, and just terrible shots. And even on the defensive side of the ball, although he's pretty good, he is pretty good. He gives up a lot of points at the same time. Yeah, he gives like, up a lot of fouls can, as well. Can, exactly. He can get uh, beat off the dribble by a lot of talented players. And so I'm just hoping that Eric Gordon returns to the Eric Gordon of 2017, where he was just bulldozing the Warriors. Right. Although... You know, we all know what ended up happening in that series. Yeah, because Eric Gordon is either very, very, is a very streaky shooter. He's either very hot or very, very cold. And True. sometimes when he's cold, it's really problematic for the Rockets. Mm -hmm. Okay, rewinding a little back to Tuesday's game against the Trailblazers, in which the Rockets did trail and the Trailblazers blazed. <laughs> um, what do you think the Rockets could have done, right? It came down to the wire. Yeah, so... I was really, really frustrated with that game. I'm not going to lie. I was watching the whole thing, and I don't know what the refs are doing. So in the third quarter, with six minutes to go, I think James Harden picked up his fifth foul. An insane which, foul. An it, insane it, yeah, No, the last two were absolutely insane. The fourth foul he was he picked up because he was, he was like just boxing out. It was a normal box out. And then the fifth one... Um, he was running you know, away from James. He was literally he was running, exactly. running away. <laughs> and I was like... Oh, I don't, and also, I don't. I'm not sure why D'Antoni didn't use the um, the challenge on that call because I'm pretty sure they yeah. would have won. But I think that did kind of change the pace of the game because, you know, when like players aren't in on their regular rotation, it kind of you know messes them up. But I also think that um, Harden at the end could have done uh, you know done a little bit better. I think he missed like three straight threes in like the last like two or three yeah. minutes. But um, I agree with Michael. Uh, the refs should take some blame with it. But I'll take a broader perspective on the game. I'm not too mad that they lost this one. And the yeah. reason I say that is because I think part of being a Rockets fan and part of being a supporter of Maury Ball is accepting that there's some games that you're just inevitably going to lose it for Russ and Harden are not playing well. And if three yeah. pointers aren't going in. So in this game, both Harden and Russ were having abysmal games, like absolutely horrible. Harden couldn't shoot for his life, and Russ was missing every 
uh, mid-range shot that he takes, even the ones that he usually makes, like on the free throw, on the free throw line. Um, and then, of course, the role players weren't stepping up. I was a little bit impressed that we were even close in this game, to be honest. But even with like three minutes, two minutes left in the game, we are within one point or three points. And the role players really, you know, showed out in the latter part of the game where they actually started stepping up. So, I mean, as a Rockets fan for a couple of years now, by halftime, I kind of expected that the Rockets were going to lose this game. Just the attitude that we were going into the game, it wasn't really the best. Um, but, I mean, you win some, you lose some. That's part of being a Rockets fan or any right. sports team fan. Yeah. Um, I think... Yeah, I, I don't, uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook did not play that good. Um, you know, Russell Westbrook might have had an injury, but no one knows. But I think we should have um, – I think Jeff Green was really, really – I think yeah, he, he played fantastic. pretty good in this game, yeah. And he hit a lot of threes. I think we should have kept him in at the end, though, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, we lost the game, but it really showed us that, hey, Jeff Green – when we need him, he'll be available. Ben McLemore, same thing. I think yeah. Ben McLemore is like shooting like 40, 45% from three. He's like on yeah, fire. He's, yeah. He's just a pure shooter, right? Um, and some of the other role players. PJ Tucker wasn't having the best night on the offensive end, but of course he was always showing up like he does on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Same thing with Robert Covington. But yeah, this this game is, it's, it was disappointing that we lost, but there are takeaways from the game that. At least we were close in a game that we didn't deserve to win at all. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I just say as our, our resident Celtics fan, that challenges in the bubble don't always work out how you think they'll work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think on, on Portland's side, they deserve a lot of credit, right? Mm-hmm. Yusuf Nurkic had a big night. Gary Trent Jr. was hitting threes. Carmelo was clutch late. Uh, yeah, Carmelo. Yeah, three, yeah. As he's been the last couple skinny of games. Skinny Mellow. Skinny Mellow. Yeah, clutch Mellow. So, and also, um, you got to remember that Dame didn't play well at all in that game. Right? Yeah, he was and, terrible. And they still, you know, um, they still played pretty. I mean, he did recover in the next game, though. I think it was against mm-hmm. the, the Nuggets or something. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. There is one thing I will say that has me a little bit concerned with the Rockets after that Trailblazers game, which is that if other teams adopt the defensive philosophy against James Harden, right. the one, I, yeah. uh, then it, it might be Yeah, the one that the, so the Bucks the Trailblazers and the, the Trailblazers play, where they play them on the, on the left. I think, it, I think it limits his scoring a lot, but I also think that like whenever they double him and like play him on the left, it creates, it gives him like, he... Sometimes has like more, I guess, like turnovers as well, you know. So but the thing is, what the, what, the, what the Bucks were doing and what the Trailblazers were doing, while similar, they still have their differences. So what the Bucks would do is they would double James Harden, right? Yeah. And they'd basically play a zone with the other three players. Yeah. And so they will allow the corner three pointers to be shot by PJ Tucker and Jeff Green. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure in the Trailblazers game they they allowed a couple. We just weren't hitting as much. I no, think. that's true. That's true. But the Trailblazers were trying to cover the yeah, the, yeah, corner yeah. three pointers compared yeah. to where the Bucks the Bucks just do not care. If you get corner three pointers, they don't care because they're like they say that like as long as James Harden or Russell Westbrook isn't scoring the points, then they don't really care. 
Mm -hmm. But with the Trailblazers, they would double. First of all, they doubled from like the entire game. So whenever James Harden set foot on the, you know, set foot on the court, that there was he was expecting a double team. But then yeah. the Blazers wouldn't help off the corner three pointers. So then you basically had a one v one with like Jeff Green and like Yusuf Nurkic or Hassan Whiteside in the middle of the court whenever James Harden passed him the ball. And that's not always a favorable right. matchup for the Houston Rockets. I'd say one difference between the Bucks and the Blazers is that the Bucks play so much drop coverage where they have a Lopez right in front of the basket to stop Harden from yeah. driving. Whereas um, Nurkic and, and Whiteside, while they are good defensively, don't play drop as much. And I, uh, as a result of that formation, don't have the same sort of rim protection when, when Russ and Harden are driving. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we've talked about the Rockets' two games this week. Now we're going to move on to the Irish part of the episode, talking about the Celtics. So Celtics took a tough loss to the Heat on Tuesday, um, driven by just sloppy play across the board. I'll be the first to say we sucked. We had 16 turnovers and 15 assists. We were passing horribly. We weren't taking care of the ball, and Bam was lighting us up. Similar to Harden, we got into early foul trouble, and Marcus Smart fouled out with three minutes left in the third quarter. <laughs> All around, it was terrible. Um, yeah, Tatum wasn't having the night he was supposed to, and Duncan Robinson, oh my god. Dude, um, that guy the man, is the man so cannot good. stop hitting threes. Dude, that guy yeah, is he, his so three good. point is so <laughs> It's so pure. It's such a pure yeah. shot. Yeah, so in the wake of this, and also given that the Heat gave the Bucks a run for their money, where do you think the Heat are going um, in the playoffs? Hmm. Do you think I they think, have a chance? I think the, the Heat have a chance finals? to go all the way, um, uh, but that 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 you know, not not all the way. I mean, I mean like I mean po like to the finals, not winning, but that's where the possibility ends. Uh, the reason why is because. I think that if the Heat get the, uh, what seed are the Heat right now? The they four. are the, the four, right? The right, so if they get the four seed, I think the Heat have the best chance of beating the Bucks in the playoffs. And the reason why, the reason why is because I'm pretty sure the re in the regular season games, they've, they beat the Bucks, uh, I'm pretty sure they haven't lost to the Bucks. And the game they had in the bubble with the Bucks, they definitely should have won it. Like, uh, they just kind of, they kind of choked it. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I think they were up by. Uh, Twenty-three. They were, they were up by yeah. They were up by a lot, and then in the third and fourth, they just. I don't know. They just lost it. Yeah, Chris and Giannis were going off. Um, yeah. <laughs> somehow they lost the twenty-three point lead. Yeah. I will say that the the Heat were missing Goran Dragic. Who is yes. I think underrated and, and as Jimmy a Butler. facilitator. Yes, and, and Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, you have to yeah, and Jimmy Butler. Now, Ethan, I'll answer that question too. Um I don't want to disappoint any Heat fans. Uh I'll practice this by saying I don't really watch the Heat games that much. I don't I've never really tuned in on them this season. But based on what the stats are saying, I would consider them a tough tough out in the second round against so the Bucks. Like, 
either the Bucks or, or the Raptors. Yeah, I think that the I, th- I honestly think that the Heat are a worse version of the Toronto Raptors. Th- that's my impression of them. Because yes, they have Jimmy Butler, but when you think of the Heat, it's the collective, right? It's all of their members together that makes them such a good team. Compared to like the Rockets, where it's like the James Harden and Russell Westbrook show, it's a complete team effort on the Heat side. Mm-hmm. And I think the Toronto Raptors are similar. But I think in every facet of the game, the Toronto Raptors have more experience. They're better offensively. They can get better defensively when they need to. Right. And they have the players that, you know, have done it. So Kyle Lowry has been in the league for ages now. So he knows how to play. And he's a star, in, you know, right. in his own right. But I, I think... Siakam is playing out of his mind, you know? Fred, Fred Van Vliet, the Drake clone. He's also playing, like, insane these days. Yeah. So, like... I, I just think that they're going to be... Whoever Miami faces, it'll be a very tough series. It'll easily go seven games. But right. I, if Jimmy Butler is the only option you have, what happens when the Bucks or the Raptors or whoever they're facing doubles Jimmy Butler? Who are they going to pass it to? Who, who do you have on the team that you are 90%, 100% certain is going to come through in the clutch? Right. But... I, th- I think the same I don't be... know about Bam. Bam is the most improved player candidate for sure. He's playing great. But is he... Is I he think Drogic could, could, could come in the clutch. But Maybe. Duncan Robinson, Jay Crowder. Yeah, they have like a lot of options, but you're, you know, you're never sure because you've never seen it before. But I think that's exactly. the same. I think that's the same thing with like the Raptors. You know, even when they, even when they like won the championship, you're not really sure how they're going to do in the playoffs without Kawhi, right? So, mm-hmm. I feel like the Raptors, like the Raptors are doing so so good, but I'm just like not sure about them. You know, I think they've won all four of their bubble games. Um, they won one against the yeah, they won one against the Heat and like the Lakers. Um, but I'm just not sure how they'll do. Um, or all three of their bubble games, I think. Yeah. Um, but for the Raptors, I think what's gonna happen is like the most likely thing. Is probably gonna be like I think the Bucks and Celtics in the conference finals. But okay, I think that- wait, Michael, Michael, Michael. Just going based on that, based on what you just said, I'll yeah. just pose a question both to both you and to Ethan. What do you think the Eastern Conference bracket is roughly gonna look like? Who do you think is coming out of the East? Who do you think is making the conference finals? Wait, I mean the Celtics are the three seed right now. Yeah, I think that if this if the seeding stays like this, I think it's going to be the Bucks and the Celtics out of the East. The reason I I say like Heat earlier because like they have a chance, but I would rather like you know put my money on the Bucks and the Heat because you know you're just not sure about the Heat. But I think the Bucks have already had a year to you know to so experience Michael, it. Michael, you're saying the conference finals will be Bucks Celtics, and Bucks will make it to the finals. That's probably what's most likely. Yeah. Ethan, what do you think? I might be biased as a Celtics fan. I'm just going to say, um, one big thing that I don't think enough people are talking about is that Gordon Hayward needs to leave the bubble for the birth of his son. And that's oh, going to happen yeah. sometime in the second round or um, you know, around then. So that's very dangerous. Because if we have to like match up against the Raps without Gordon Hayward, um, who's been playing brilliant for us in the bubble. Yeah. You know, that's, that's tough. And 
I don't know if we have any solid replacement in our in our bench rotation. Romeo Langford played well against the Nets, but I don't know if he can he can fill in to the yeah. same role that Gordon Hayward does. And it's not like the the Raptors are lacking when it comes to talent at the wing position. Yeah. So, you know, I, I hate to say it as a Celtics fan. I'm gonna be honest. I'm taking the Raps over the Celtics. Uh, mm-hmm. They're they're playing really well in the bubble. Um, good team synergy, yeah. and especially with their bigs, right? Ibaka and Gasol um, mm-hmm. as stretch bigs. I don't know if we if Tice can uh, provide the defense that we need. Yeah. So I also on, think that you have to uh, go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Do y'all not do y'all not believe in the 76ers at all? Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Tobias uh, Harris. Ben Simmons no, is out. Ben Simmons is out. Yeah, but I, oh, you he, never. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he had an like injury, a right? knee injury. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Like he, they haven't like said anything about like how long he's gonna be out for. It just is indefinitely, right? So no, that's what does not that a mean? good sign. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a good sign. Um, yeah, I, of knee injuries. What a terrible blow to the Memphis Grizzlies too. Jared oh Jackson. yeah. They're yeah. out. I think they're out of the. I, I don't. I, I don't think. That, yeah, I agree. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think it's Between the Blazers. Blazers and the Suns, who do y'all think will make it? Blazers, because it's easier for them to make it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're both playing at the, like, such a high, like a, you know, much better than when the season ended, but I think it's just easier for the Blazers right now to make it, so I think... I think the Blazers already... Wait, let me just check the standings real quick, but I believe the Blazers are already in the 8th seed now. Uh, no, the Grizzlies are still in the eighth seed, but by like uh, one game, or a, a half a game. I mean, the oh, Suns are four zero in the bubble. Yeah, I mean, the, the Suns are also the Suns are also very close. So this is where they're at right now. The Grizzlies are at the eighth seed. Um, the Trailblazers are in the ninth seed, and the Suns are in the ten, ten yeah. <clears throat> are in the tenth seed, and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies also had the hardest schedule remaining, so right. it's not it's not looking too good for them. Right, and I think they've actually lost uh, maybe every bubble game. Um, I know yeah. they lost against yeah. the they yeah they lost, lost every single one. Yeah, yeah, and four then or you five. Have the Spurs, the Kings, and the Pelicans, who all look like lost causes at this point. Right, I mean the Pelicans were getting heights, and then they just. All yeah, of a sudden, just Pelicans are throwing for a lottery pick. You heard it here first. <laughs> I would agree with that, Ethan. Are they gonna uh, get? Yeah. I think when they lost the first game, and realized they weren't good enough for the playoffs. I mean, I don't think it, I, I don't think it was after the first game. Like, I think no, the I blow. Think, I think after the first game, they realized they were not gonna be good enough. No, because the first game they they lost by a very close margin. It was like they lost by like two or something because. And they choked it as well. They were they no, were winning by. That's the whole point. If you choke it, then. Yeah, I don't, I'm not I don't sure know. about that. Because they remember they still won against the Grizzlies. No, but they lost to the Utah Jazz, who's like looking like, like if the Utah Jazz played the way that they're playing right now without uh, who who is the player that they lost? Um, Bogdanovich. Oh yeah, Bogdanovich. Yeah, yeah. If they play the season without Bogdanovich, the Jazz would not make the playoffs. I'm not sure. I mean, no, okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay. Let's look at let's look at the bubble teams right now, and I'm doing it based on how the teams are when they entered the bubble. 
right? Yeah, yeah. If you had a season with those teams, the Lakers will be fine. Clippers would be fine. Nuggets would be fine. Rockets would be fine. Um, skipping the Jazz for now. Thunder would be fine. Chris Paul and a bunch of young, talented wing players. That's good. Mavericks, Doncic, and uh, Porzingis. That's fine. Trailblazers. Like, they have arguably a fourth seed if they had the entire season to themselves. And then it's a toss-up between the Jazz and, like, the Suns or the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. And I would wager that right now the Memphis Grizzlies, even as it is right now, when they have Jaron Jackson or uh, the Suns with Devin Booker and Aiton, they're better than the Nuggets without Bogdanovich. The Jazz without Bogdanovich? Yeah, exactly. They entered the bubble without Bogdanovich. Right? I don't. I don't think Bogdanovich makes too much of a difference. Obviously, he's, he's such like a no, a, a three point. A, you know, he's a he's a big three point threat. But I think Joe Ingles is like the same type of player. If he steps up, then nah, dude, the Australian dude, <laughs> the Australian dude. I mean, no, Bogdanovich is not like he's averaging what? Wait, let me. I'm literally gonna put up Bogdanovich's stats right now. Bogdanovich. Okay, I'm muting both of y'all because I have. I think the the killer here. Okay, so Mert, if you want to mess around with injuries, like give the, the give the Trailblazers full strength for the season and take Bogdanovich out, right? Like, you know that's not realistic. With Bogdanovich in, they're a threat, right? Now that Bogdanovich is gone, they are still a threat. Mike Conley, who hasn't been playing to his full potential but still has potential, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell. Um, you know, they're, they're second round, maybe. They're, they're probably not going to make it to the finals, but they still are a threat. Oh, wait, my bad. Bohan is actually really doing really well this season. Wait, is his name even Bogdanovich? Hold on. Yeah, yeah, it's Bohan. It's Bohan. It's oh, Bojan. There's, there's Bogdan, who yeah, there's plays two. for the Kings. For the Kings. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Bojan. And Bojan, who plays for yeah. the... And I'm pretty uh, sure both of them... Jets. Hit a game winner against the Rockets this year. Oh yeah, Jason did the Bogdanovich three was insane. Yeah. I thought they were brothers for the longest time. Yeah, yeah see, in the nineteen twenty season, he went through thir- sixty three games. He twenty averaged, points. Yeah. Tw- yeah, twenty points. Uh, two assists. I, I didn't know Bogdanovich was cold like that. I'm not gonna lie. But. <laughs> <laughs> that's, okay. that's what I'm saying. I think the. Ethan, do we have to wrap it up or? Yeah, we got a bit off track, so let's uh, turn ourselves back to the Celtics and the Irish portion of our podcast. So the second game this week, they hit the Nets, where we absolutely demolished them. We scored the (laughs) most points that we've scored in the past 28 years. Um, After after we put up 71 points in the first half, I was like, oh my god, we're we're playing so well. And then we put up 78 points in the second half, led by a monster performance from the Time Lord, Robert Williams, who was plus 27, and oh Gordon Hayward, who was plus 30 in his minutes on the floor. Yeah. Um, wow. There's not much a, to say here. It was a we really well. all-around performance. Bro, you, you can't, dude, a game against the Nets at this point is like playing against a G League team. <laughs> that is, that's literally what you're doing. I mean, I'm pretty All sure that players opted out. <laughs> that, 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 oh yeah, that's true. I mean, the Nets are still gonna make the playoffs. Only because the, the Wizards, Wizards are the, 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 the even worse. 
Yeah. Wait, how are the Wizards even doing? Horrible. Oh, yeah, they've lost every game. So, okay. Yeah, they they <laughs> lost, Bradley they lost. No, I mean, to be fair, the Nets did beat the Bucks. You have to remember that. But, I mean, okay. I, I'm pretty sure Giannis, Giannis and uh, Middleton didn't play for the second or the second half. So. Yeah. Michael, the, the thing with the Bucks game is that 13 players had 10 minutes or more. They were just shuffling in their bench. I know. They're, they, yeah, they were just, yeah. Yeah, they're screwing around. But, anyway, um... There's not much to say about the Celtics game. We demolished the Nets. The Nets it wasn't the same Nets that the Bucks played because somehow they lost all their basketball skills overnight. It's like the Monstars came in. We were the Monstars, uh-huh. and the, the Nets were the Tune Squad. Um, it was horrible, but also beautiful. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure there's a game for the Celtics today, right, against the Raptors? Mm-hmm, yep. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's a, good, a game. good game. That, to that's, watch. Yeah, that's a good game to watch. Because that's and a second round matchup. Exactly. If we're going to decide who we think is going to come out of the East or make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, this is the game to watch. Because this will probably be the second round matchup. Right. Yeah. All right. With that, we're going to wrap up this week of the Irish Astronaut. Special thanks to our sponsor. Again, Chanksy's Lego Sales. Yes, you buy your Legos, Chanksy's there. Also, special thanks to our guest, Michael, who joined us this week with some insightful commentary. Yes, sir. Um, thanks, we might be bringing him back no problem, no in problem. weeks to come. Anyway, we thank you for listening, and have a good week.